Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, this is Dean, and welcome to our monthly podcast. We release a new podcast on the 15th of every month. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving and pre-Merry Christmas to those of you that are listening, watching this month. Um, I want to encourage you to check out DeanHawk.com. We always have new resources. We are finishing up a brand new series that I've been teaching uh, through through October, November, and carrying into the holidays called More Than a Song. And after the first of the year, that it's a series about worship that uh, my worship pastor, Brad, and I have been doing together. And I encourage you to check out those notes and uh, make yourself available to those free resources that are online. Um, today we are going to be talking about sabbatical myth busters. Sabbatical myth busters. And today I want to dive into a subject that has the potential to either bother you or bless you. I'm not sure which. And if you don't like what I'm saying or you disagree, maybe we'll just agree to disagree. But I've been doing ministry now for going on 39 years. In 39 years, I've never taken a sabbatical. But I am probably asked on a regular, continual basis, probably even more in the last maybe 10 or 15 years as I've had a longer time in ministry, that why haven't you taken a sabbatical? And and I would tell you, have I ever been burned out? Have I ever maybe needed what we would term a sabbatical in these days? Probably probably went too hard, too strong, and, and needed some, some extra time off. But um, here's, here's the big idea um, that... Uh, A sabbatical is known today as a time for a pastor, a minister, to take an extended extended time off from their job, their role, their position in the church. The average sabbatical today is anywhere from one month to six months, with the average being around three months. And the biblical precedent and Christian tradition is for pastors to go on a sabbatical once every seven years. Now, I have no problem if a church, a board, has a sabbatical sabbatical plan in place. I would just encourage you to consider changing the word, that you're getting extra vacation time off. Because sabbatical represents um, that here here is the premise, that we work so hard in ministry and the emotional strain and toil and we're on call 24 hours a day that we need extra time off and that once every seven years we should receive this sabbatical time to get away to rest and to truly not to work not a most most agree it's not a study sabbatical but it's a time to truly rest and reflect and pull away and here's the number one purpose that i've seen a high percentage of pastors Uh, Some pastors are on an automatic rotation and they take this time off. And once again, I don't have a problem with it. I just want to show you an alternative way. Because I would say one of the reasons I see that most pastors or a lot of pastors end up taking a sabbatical is not in a pre-planned process, but more because they're burned out, they're on the brink of quitting, their marriage is in distress, they're depressed, they're overloaded, they're overburdened, and they've mismanaged their personal life and time. And so 
my main point is this. I was challenged earlier this year um, by, by a ministry friend, and I was strongly challenged, you need to take a sabbatical. And I thought, well, I, I have kind of my opinions on it, but, but I need to go to the scripture. I'm going to go to the word of God, and what can I find? Well, here's what I found. It's not a bad thing to take a sabbatical, but I think we're wrong when we present it that it is a scriptural to take for the minister, for the man of God, the woman of God, to take a sabbatical. And here's where I wrestle with. And then I'll give you the scripture reference. Here's where I wrestle with. I wrestle with standing up in front of my congregation with blue collar, white collar, any color, collar of worker, um, CEOs, doctors, lawyers, attorneys, uh, engineers, chemists, um, teachers. Uh, well, teachers do get their their summers off, so we won't go there. God bless you, teachers. But uh, uh, those that are in maybe a high capacity, um, highly functioning leadership position, I really wrestle to stand up and say that, oh, as God's servant, I work harder than you, and you need to pay me to take off three or four months, and, and you need to keep paying me and keep the same salary structure and because my job is so much more stressful, so much more challenging than your job. Um, I think there are quite a few people that would go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me on that. Um, the only scriptural reference that we can get to taking a pastor or minister taking a sabbatical every seven years is from Leviticus chapter 25, that it speaks of allowing the land to rest on the seventh year. And, okay, I'm going to go there. Yes, we were made from dust, but this is a stretch. And, and if we're going to follow a scriptural precedence, then we should get the whole year off on the seventh year, and we shouldn't have to work. Here's what I believe the scripture is teaching, that there is a value of rest. And if we are using this as our pattern, then why wouldn't we take the whole year off in only three to six months? Sabbaticals, are what I would say a church tradition. It's not a bad thing. I'm not opposed to it. I want to show you a better path and a, and a better plan. And here's what I believe. I believe sabbaticals are a last-ditch effort to help the hurting and the broken pastor, hear me, who has neglected the Sabbath. The Sabbath is scriptural. And and I'm I don't want to start a controversy. And I'll be blunt. Don't email me. If you have a different opinion, we'll just agree to, a, to disagree. And, but here's where I'm challenging you. I'm not trying to be negative, but I want to show you a more positive way. I'm trying to save pastors and extend ministers' careers and help each of you build a truly biblical model to live and to demonstrate to your church. And so if, if, and, if and I say if, if we are weekly honoring a full 24-hour day of rest, a Sabbath, and utilizing our vacation time, I believe we will have no need for a sabbatical. And that's where Kim and I fall. We're both in full-time ministry. We both work many, many, many hours every week, but we have learned a system. And so that's that's the myth I want to bust, that the sabbatical is the answer, that I work hard for six years and I wait for that one sabbatical. I'm going to tell you how to live a better way. And why, why are sabbaticals needed? Well, we get out of bounds. Number one, we have improperly 
I believe, improperly elevated our career as more holy or more taxing than other careers. Secondly, we carry what was never meant for us to carry. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The scripture teaches us to cast our cares on the Lord. The, the Bible teaches that Jesus is the head of the church and we're not. And I think sometimes we need to stop acting like we are. Thirdly, we have neglected honoring and modeling the Sabbath day to our God, our family, and to our congregation. That I, I, see a lot of, I see a lot of pastors wear it as a badge of honor. I heard one pastor a number of years ago, he said, it's been, it's been six years since I've taken a vacation. Bum, ba, da, bum. I'm somehow amazing. Dude, I struggle. That's not wisdom. Jesus set himself aside to go pray on the mountain, to go retreat, to go escape from the busyness of the pace of doing ministry. He was a model to us. Now, I am guilty of overworking. I am guilty of being a workaholic. I'll never forget, I took a new position. I'm, I'm teaching Bible college. I'm in a new position. I'm trying to earn my, earn my wings, earn my place, and show that I'm doing a good job. And I am burning the candle at both nights. I'm one of the pastors, three pastors on call. And I'm doing hospital visitations. I'm writing new, new coursework for the Bible college. I've got a youth group of hundreds of teenagers. And, and I've got 70-some-odd volunteers. And I am going hard and going strong. My son was about three years old at the time, and he came to my wife and he said this. He said, Mommy, I wish I was sick and in the hospital. She said, Preston, why would you say such a thing? He said, because then my daddy would come see me. When Kim told me that, it was like she didn't stick the dagger in my heart, but it felt like a dagger went into my soul, went into my heart. I was mismanaging my personal life. I had my priorities out of balance. And since, since that day, about 20 plus 25 years ago, I have been very, very, very intentional on making hard changes and hard shifts in my life to live my priorities and to live a balanced life. One of the things that happens and why we need that extra time is, is because we abuse our body or our soul and, and on all for the sake of the call. And, and it's a badge of honor. I worked 70 hours this week. I worked 100 hours this week in the name of the Lord. Well, I, I wrestle with that. And then we, we fail to properly delegate tasks and we own too much and, and we're poor at asking for help and, and, and we're, we're, we're stuck and we're, we're caught in pride that I have to do it, that no one else can. And then I believe we're insecure. We're insecure about leaving our podium and our churches. And, and we believe that, that if, if I'm not there, the church won't survive. And that's a fear motivation. And see, if a church won't survive, if we're not there, then there is already a major problem in our life support system. And it's only a matter of time before you or your church crashes and burns out. If the church can't function without you there for seven days or 14 days or a weekend, then, then things are already out of balance. Um, I lead the, the Merge Pastors Network here in Colorado Springs, and I did a survey back about a year and a half ago, and uh, I asked pastors, 50-some uh, pastors here in the community, how many weekends are you preaching per year? The number one result, I was blown away, and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
Oh my gosh, these guys have got something I'm, I'm not learning. The number one result was 30 to 35 Sundays per year. They were either having other staff members, teaching pastors teach, potentially a guest speaker, special event, but they were only doing 30 to 35. Uh, I, I was doing a, quite a few more than that. But here's what, I've developed, here's what I've learned. As I develop the gifts on my team or from within my church, that um, I found ways to get away even when the church was small. Even if that was when our church was just getting started and I needed time away and I didn't have anybody that could say, hey, preach for me, I would put the sermon on video and, and they would play the video of me teaching that sermon series on that Sunday I was gone. I don't recommend that because you still then have to do the work of the sermon prep and the presentation uh, before you go and it really doesn't give you as much time off. And here's what I know. When I come home, I just came home from a vacation last month and I came home and I had multiple members the Sunday I was back telling me how great one of my staff members had done in preaching in my absence. I rejoice in that. I celebrate in that because that means, guess what? I can go on vacation again. I can have another weekend off. I'm not intimidated by my staff doing good. I rejoice that my staff members are, are speaking and communicating God's word on a level that's, that the people enjoy. And it's not like, oh, pastor's not here. We got the default guy. You know, who's going to preach? Pastor's not here. And so here's what I would encourage you. If, if you are a smaller church, um, consider having a ministry friend come in and guest speak for you where you don't have to pay him, where it's not going to put the church belly up. Um, teach and train some of your leadership, whether it's your staff or maybe it's some of your volunteer leadership within the church. Teach them how to communicate. Go to DeanHawk.com, download a free sermon and hand them the material and say, preach this. My notes are very easy to follow and to teach from. And they might not be the mess communicator, but you know that the message is solid and you didn't have to do that. And then I would encourage you to have a team member speak while you are in town. I found that it's a, it's a big relief when I don't have to do the study and the prep that I can get some other things done when another staff member is preaching that week. And then I can then be in service and I can hear them speak and then I can offer those coaching points and helping them sharpen and refine their skills. And then I would encourage you to develop communicators, having them speak at men's events, women's events, children's services, youth services. Um, and, and probably my youth pastor is, is one of our best communicators, and here's why. Because he communicates two to three times per week in youth services and youth ministry settings. He's got the reps, we might would say, and as you do it more, you get uh, better at it. So what is the answer? Let me give you some practical steps. I want to just share some, some real practical things for you. Here's, here's one. You're going to love this. Stop thinking. We need to stop thinking that we're the savior of the church, the ministry, or the organization. That position is already filled and his name is Jesus. Uh, we drill ourselves into the ground because we attempt to do it all ourselves. And we need to, we need to keep ourselves in a pop, proper perspective. 
Jesus is the head of the church. Secondly, we need to start, be start believing we are human and that we have limitations. We tend to think, oh, by the grace of God, I can do and I can accomplish anything. The Spirit of God lives and abides in me. Yes, those are true, but we live in a body. I never see that Jesus took a sabbatical, but he regularly set aside time in his schedule to go to the mountains and rest. At one point, it's commented in one of the Gospels that, that they were so busy in ministry, they didn't even have time to eat, and he pulled aside for rest and I believe he models the extra time off that we can take that as a regular system of our week, of our month, and of our year. And then thirdly, I think we need to stop trying to impress God or impress our church members with our works. That we think we're getting brownie points, that we wear it as a badge of honor, that we work this many hours, and, and look how holy and hardworking I am for the Lord. I think sometimes it's foolishness. The things that we do, the pace that we try to keep, the neglect that we have for our marriage, the neglect for our kids, missing soccer games or t-ball games or football games, all for the sake of the call of the ministry. That doesn't set real well with a seven-year-old. And I would just encourage you parents, if you're in those parenting years, make the most of those moments and those times because you can never get them back. And then here's the big answer. Honor the Sabbath day weekly and give yourself and your staff another extra personal day off. I have talked with staff members that they, they do not get a day off during the week. They're expected to be there Sunday through Friday. If you don't have a church event on Saturday, then you get that day off. Um, here's, here's what I believe. Here's what we do at Rock Family Church. We work Sunday through Thursday. We shifted from having Mondays off years years ago to a Friday and Saturday back-to-back -back day off. Now, our youth pastor, children's pastor might have events or events and, and activities that they do. That's just part of their job, um, but we leave them some flexibility during their day. We, we challenge our staff. There are three work periods in the day, mornings, afternoons, and evenings. We want you to work two of those on your work days. And so one of the things that research shows that the actual amount of work that we can accomplish or get done drastically reduces the longer you go in a day. That working a 12-hour day, the last three to four hours, you're getting minuscule amounts done. I encourage you to find your sweet spot of when you get the most things done. If for some of you, that's early morning. If you're like me, it's late at night. It's from, from 10 or 11 p.m. to maybe 1 a.m. And it's quiet. There's no one emailing. There's no one calling. That is my zone. That's where I write. That's where I produce and, and get the most things done. Um, I've learned to navigate my schedule that Tuesdays are my sermon writing and prep day. So Mondays are staff meetings and creative team meetings, and Tuesdays are my day that I stay home to write. And the staff knows he's writing. Leave him alone. We can figure it out. We'll get an answer tomorrow if we need it. And we see that uh, 
we need to find that rhythm of life. Um, fifthly, we need to place a value on the team members around us, whether they're paid or volunteer, and teach them to do the work of the ministry. We see this is what Jesus did as he, he taught the 12. He had one fail, but 11 came through and fulfilled the work of the ministry, and he was able to teach them how to do what he did. And I would tell you, number six, to empower and delegate as many tasks as possible to others. Don't be intimidated by the skills, the talents of those on your team or those in your church. Delegate and empower them. Empower them to do that. They might not do it the way you do. They might not do it in the timeline you did. But empower them to make decisions and to get things done. I believe that burnout is not from working hard, but it's from overworking causes us to neglect our personal time and soul care uh, and our personal time with Christ. We neglect those personal things. John 15, Jesus said, remain in me. And sometimes I think the busyness of ministry, we get out there and we're not remaining in the vine. We're remaining in our own strength and our own ability and the fire goes out. Number eight, we need to be intentional on doing things that recharge us or fill our emotional tank. If that's going to the gym, taking walks or hikes, riding your bike, coaching your kid's soccer team, reading a book, playing a video game, watching Saturday college football, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I would encourage you to read the book, if you haven't, uh, Leading on Empty by Pastor Wayne Cordero, a great book on your emotional tanks. Um, number nine, give, your permission, give yourself permission to say no. Um, I would encourage you to read the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and then Boundaries for Leaders and read those books and, and establish boundaries for your schedule, for your personal life, and for your work schedule. And then number 10, monitor your weekly work schedule. I dare you to keep a log for seven days on your phone, your tablet, on paper of every minute, every hour of where and how you spend your time. And, and then identify, where am I spending my time? Am I doing things that I shouldn't be doing? And, and how many hours am I working? I heard Andy, Pastor Andy Stanley say once, he said, I, I told the Lord, you get 45 hours. And at 45 hours, he clocks out and he says, I'm done. And, and that's, that's his line. You determine your line. Um, some of you would hear Andy's reaction and say, well, 45, oh, church light. You determine where your line is. If that's 50 hours, for me, it's 50. Um, now, many weeks, it's not even close to 50. But that's 50s where I hit the button. I say, it's time to eject. It's time to cut some time off. And then number 11, be generous with vacation time to yourself and to your staff. Speak with your board if you need to about extending your your vacation time. My board is very, very gracious in uh, allowing Kim and I to take the time that we need to recharge ourselves. Uh, Pastor Craig Gochelle, I heard him in one of his podcasts that he said for their executive, for their lead team, they've done away with vacation time. It's just when you need time off, take it. I think that is brilliant and that is great wisdom. 
And then I would tell you is when it comes to vacation time, be intentional on utilizing your vacation time and learn the rhythms of what your year looks like. And I know pastor after pastor that rarely takes vacation. Um, maybe they're going, here's, here's my opinion. Uh, taking my kids to Disney World is not a vacation. It kicks my butt when our kids were small. It wears you out. It's not for rest and recharging. Going to visit family is not vacation. That is work. Kim and I, many years ago, said to our parents, we do not have enough vacation time to come and see you. You come and see us because we're going to be intentional about spending our vacation time about going places that rest and recharge us. And so find out what recharges you. You've heard me say maybe in previous comments and, and, and podcasts, one of Kim and I's favorite vacations is taking a cruise. If you've never done it, try it. But um, um, making sure that you get away. Here's what I would tell you. Make sure that you're having a date night every week with your spouse. Make sure that you're having some one-night getaways. There are times where Kim and I, it will in the middle of the week, it's been a busy week, and, and there are some weeks that we've had three 12-hour days back-to-back, and I go, honey, that's not counting Sunday, and we've still got Thursday. Let's bug out Thursday. She'll book a hotel in Denver, or we've got access to a mountain home, and we'll leave Thursday afternoon, and we'll go get away for 48 hours, and to get out of Dodge, to get out of Colorado Springs, Springs does something for us and helps us get there. And here's what I would tell you as I have aged in ministry, um, and you need to adjust to your age and stage in life that I have learned that my batteries don't last as long. I run as hard and as fast as I did when I was 30, but I can't go as long without a vacation. So I have to be more intentional. And so uh, here's, let me close with this. Here's kind of the, the rhythm that Kim and I have found that uh, after doing ministry for 39 years, being in my late 50s, um, I take traditionally about six to seven weeks off per year. Here's an example. Here's, we already have 2020 planned out. And here's why I'm sharing this in December is I want you to really look hard at your 2020 calendar and make sure that you're getting some intentional breaks. Here's what we do. We take a winter break, whether that's for us, that's going to be February. We're taking just shy of two weeks in February. And then we've got a week off with our family in May. Our children are all adults, but we've got a, a week planned in May with them to take a vacation with them. Then we're going to take three and a half weeks off in July. I'm going to be gone three Sundays in July. And, and my staff is going to cover with me. And then next fall, in October and November, we're going to take another week, uh, seven, seven to eight, nine, ten days off. And I found that kind of that winter, summer, and fall that I'm getting that rotation and I come back energized and charged. And here's what I would tell you. I do not have a need for a sabbatical. I don't feel drained and strained and, oh, I can't stand my job. And, and here's what I would tell you. If you're going to take a sabbatical, don't call it because it tends to spiritualize it and confuse scripture. Just say they need some extended time off to regroup and to recharge. But when we call it a sabbatical, it kind of hyper-spiritualizes that we're somehow special. And I want my people to know that I'm just like you. I'm not better than you. And I might need some extra time off. All right. So there you go, guys. Uh, hear me. If you're on the brink of quitting ministry, if you're burned out, 
Um, yes, yes, yes. Talk with your church leadership. Take an extra month. Take an extra two or three months. Whatever you need to get your A game back on, to get recharged and get going, it'll make a difference in your life. But let's be intentional about honoring the Sabbath, honoring that, that day off, spending that time that there's one day that Kim and I do nothing and we use our other day off to maybe do the laundry, mow the yard, get the household chores and errands done. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you in January. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.